where the hell are you? Why are you not running in this race? I, I, it's unexplainable. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. It just seems like every year when we're in, we're, when we're at Del Mar, my thought process is, wow, California's doing well. Like they're starting to get better fields. And then we get to this meet at Santa Anita. And after opening day, it's like, where the fuck is all the horses? Where are they? They're not anywhere to be found. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had to buy some racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post, make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Gulfstream Parks, and Matoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one side to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets, racingdudes.com, as good as it gets. What is up, my beautiful heat and all friends? It is Thursday, February 2nd, first Thursday of February, and this is Blinkers Off. What's up, dude? What's up, guys? Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in again, and what's up, Jared? It's uh, it's good to be back, man. It's, it's uh, man, I feel like we've had a busy week already, uh, and it's just Thursday, all kinds of shows and stuff, so... Good to get back. Good to get back another week. Only two prep races, not three, uh, with the Withers being canceled. But still, we've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, um, Withers being pushed back uh, a week to next weekend with the weather. Um, but yeah, you still have the uh, the old Baffert um, stakes out there at Santa Anita, which we'll talk about, and then the Holy Bull, which is kind of a mishmash. It's a good, it's a it's a good betting race, but it, you're still kind of wondering what what's in that race. Um, we'll get to that. But before we kind of go forward, I think we got it. You know, I haven't. I know you have a little bit um, on the other shows. You did the live show as well uh, on Saturday. Got to put to bed a little bit this, this, I don't even know how you describe it. Humiliating, unbelievable disaster of a Pegasus. I mean, I I don't know how you, you know, how you handicap that card. And we knew going in, it was an impossible card and they, it was like even when the races you thought you liked, it was still impossible. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it was the worst day of my handicapping career, and I've been doing this for like 15, oh, well, with 15 for like, uh, yeah, I'd say 15. Let's just call it that. And I just, it's the worst I've ever done. And some of the races, yeah, it was after it was over, you're just like, I don't know how I could have got to that one. And then some of them, it's like, well, I was between a couple and I had to choose one and I always chose wrong every time. Um, I, you know, Red Knight, I, I got that one right. But uh, yeah, it was it was crazy. Any, anytime I had to make a decision, I, I couldn't make the right one. And then some of these races, I'm like, I, I don't know how you get there to some of those horses. Um, you know, I told you after it's like couldn't do anything right at Gulfstream and couldn't do anything wrong at Oakland. And they were going off like within two minutes of each other. So I, I would watch Gulfstream and it'd be like, yeah, yeah, another just terrible job by me. And then I'd watch Oakland. I was like, wow, that was great. You know, <laughs> it was so weird, but I, 
I don't know how you explain some of the results and the others. It's like, yeah, I, I, I saw it, but I didn't, I didn't make the right decision on it. You know, it just, it was so annoying that there was the races that we kind of tried to, we knew they were tough, but we tried to play tries and exactors and whatnot. Like we would have one or like the one we needed to like run well would run well. And then underneath would just be a disaster or, um, you know, we 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 disagree on on Queen Goddess and she rolls. Um, so we think, all right, we got that. That was the best scenario, you know, in that race, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And they can all we gotta do is get City Man home. And I'm like 96 percent confident in one of our three horses is gonna win the Pegasus. And City Man's last, and and, and never and but and then to boot, like the horse that I've loved for two years, and I picked to win that race last year, this race, a tone, I picked this horse, go back and we'll look, he wins. And he wins it from off the pace. And it was just like, what is happening right now? Yeah. Um, that's a horse we could have got to if we would have gone deeper in that leg, but we never would have got to our collector. So it was just like, it's just one of those days that just so frustrating. Yeah, you know, there were a few people on our live stream that made a good case for our collector. And, you know, I told him at the time, go for it. Is there, he's the right price. And, yeah, I mean, he's he's not a bad horse. And he could jump up and win this thing. It's pretty wide open. But, you know, at the same time, I would have had to have been at least five deep probably to get to him. And, again, that's me admitting it's just a, a horrible job at handicapping. And But it, it was just a day. It was so weird. Like, City Man never doesn't fire like he always at least makes a run at it he never picked up his feet the whole race and then you you know you fast forward to the pegasus and you know your horse skipping long stocking turning for home and i'm like well he's at least gonna make a run at it like i don't know if he's gonna win but he's making a move Cyberknife never looked great but on the turn it's like well he's gonna maybe run up and, and hit the board or something they just stopped <laughs> there went art collector off you know, Defunded was a horse we kind of liked. He ran okay, at least. But I've never had so many horses that I picked. It's like they didn't even, like, run a step. And that's when it, it gets just like, I don't I don't know, you know? that just It's not even frustrating. It's just you shake your head like I was just horrific on this card. I, I mean, Cyberknife was you know, a whole other disaster. But, like... Yeah, Skippy, I thought he was, well, you know, it's hard to say he's a winner, but I thought he was very much in position to win the race in the turn. He was. Because um, I don't remember what it was. I, I was. The birthday party was kind of wrapping up. I had it, but I was like, I went upstairs, turned it on. A bunch of us watched, uh, you know, and of course, you're like, who do you like? Well, I like this one. It's like, oh, that sucked. And he like this one. I like that, you know, <laughs> that one. Uh, but, you know, I, I, you know, Skippy was like nine to one or something, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's a great price. And he said, I thought he was in good position. You thought that because he was. He was in great position. (laughs) He's got the perfect trip. (laughs) Um, geez. Yeah, I don't I mean, I I don't how do you how do you, you know, and I and I I know most people understand at this point, but like how do you yourself, like how did you kind of, you know, you do this every single day? I mean, you had to wake up and and handicap races Sunday and handicap races Monday and handicap races, you know what I mean? And to, how do the the people that played that card, or maybe played our picks, or played their own picks, and they just got smoked, like we did? Yeah. How do you kind of explain that day to yourself? How do you kind of put that one to bed and move on? 
you know, it's, it's the worst saying and people don't really want to hear it, but it happens. That's kind of the best way you could put it. You just move on. You don't even think about it. Um, and it's one thing if like you're running second and third a lot and horses are firing and they're just not winning to me, that, that gets me a little bit more upset. There are days, and, and honestly, a day like the Pegasus, it's few and far between, for me at least, where it's just, it's gross, you know? And that was that was just a gross day. Um, and you you the worst thing you could do is sit for hours after it's over and reanalyze everything and, and, and change what you do. And it's just one of those days where shit happened that you just couldn't couldn't explain, you know? And like... Mary quite contrary beating obligatory. That's one that pissed me off because I had that horse on top a lot and I ended up changing it and it cost us. Right. So that one makes you mad, but like art collector. And again, this isn't a knock on if you handicapped the race, you got to art collector. Great job. I mean, I, this is not a knock. I, for me, I could never have gotten there, you know? So it's just, I just turned the page on that. And, and look who got, I mean, I mean, look, last samurai finished ahead of the horses that we picked. Last samurai. <laughs> I know. I mean, so there's nothing, I mean, there's nothing, there's just nothing I could take from it and look back from it and, and say, well, I, I should have done this or that. I mean, I, I couldn't have got there. I just couldn't have. And I'm sorry, a tone at seven to two. I mean, I wouldn't have bet a tone at seven to two. And I thought he had a shot, but he wasn't a very good price. The way he won it was a little bit crazy. I guess the most predictable thing was Ivar was going to run second. We probably should have just put of all a place bet on Ivar. That's just it. I mean, Ivar did his thing and paid. Uh, what did he pay? I don't know what he paid. It's not showing up on, on the feed. But, um, yeah, I mean, the fact that a tone, like I had a tone third and I had Ivar fourth. Um yeah. So them running well doesn't didn't surprise me at all, but I think it was just a fact of the way our horse did run, and then the way that Atone kind of dominated the race, really. Um, and you're just like, really, you know, like I, I could never got there. And then especially when you got, you know, I, I, I get Queen Goddess. That was my top pick. The horse looked awesome. Played paid paid ten forty to win. I mean, it was just a great price and and looked good. Like, all right, here we go. You know, we we kind of we were. Although, you know, we were hitting some, like, parts of tries and stuff. We couldn't get one through. And we finally, got, you know, got a little bit of momentum there. And I thought, all right, just get City Man home. We got this thing cashed. Well, how pissed would you have been if City Man would have would have robbed and we had all these payouts, good payouts to, to the three, you know, logical horses and freaking art collector. Not only that, but, like, we never were close. I mean, I guess the funded would have gave us a little bit of a ride. But still, like, art collector kind of dominated that race down the stretch. Well, how about this? We talked about all week. It's like, God, these races are so competitive. They're going to be close. None of them were close. The three Pegasus races were blowout wins. Your horse, Queen Goddess, could have run around again. I mean, she dominated that group. Uh, you know, yeah, Atone pretty much galloped away from that field towards the end. And then Art Collector, even if you had him, you didn't think he was going to win by how many that he did. I mean, he was, it was never in doubt. So uh, it, it definitely, like, each race you'd watch it and be like, man, that's, that's incredible. That is incredible that that horse was not only a winner, but just, just galloped away and, and won it pretty easy. And you turned for home and it, it was never in doubt, you know? So gosh, it, a, many, many, many horses on the card just did not fire. And uh, the ones that 
that did fire really ran well. I mean, you got to give Art Corrector a ton of credit. He ran a monster of a race. Huge. Huge. Like, and Gabe, I'm sorry, that's that's rough. Because going into that, you got to think, it's a matter of which payout am I getting, not am I going to hit this, you know? And uh, so that's the thing, like, <clears throat> to that point of, like, you people getting there. And I, I mean, I kind of, I, I guess I can get, especially if you've liked Art Collector for a long time, but you have to if you're you have to also assume he's beating you know defunded and he's beating cyber knife oh and by the way he's got to be skippy you know like oh there's a bunch of not like that's the greatest field don't get me wrong but he let's say for him to win he has to outrun all those other horses too if our collector if those other three were in the race our collector makes a lot of sense or you could get there but the, it just seemed like he could run well and not win that race and i just never would have gotten there personally like well if i would have told you no horse in the race would have closed then he would have said, well, I'll use the five and the six probably. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of what happened. They kind of got out there and nobody came from the back. Everybody kind of kind of ranged up like they're going to make the move. And then it's like they hit a wall and then it was just, who's going to outkick each other, the five or the six. You could make a case that our collector had shown just as good, if not better races than defunded. So, I mean, that's how you get there, but you're going to have to make that assumption that those any horse coming from about two or three links off of it, they're just not going to close. And that's what happened, basically. Um, all right, we'll, we'll get to this. We'll talk a little bit more about this horse here a little bit when we talk about these. But uh, flash over to the Southwest real quick. Um, another one of those races that, while, it, while the winner wasn't necessarily surprising, the way it kind of... Um, you know, the, the Corona bolt not firing and really no one really fired except for Arabian night, you know, red route one props to him. Right. Um, mm -hmm. He'll fire every time, but Arabian night, what were your thoughts on the performance? Um, <clears throat> and what do you kind of make of that field overall? Well, like I said, you just go from, from highs to lows, that whole live stream, that whole day, you just saw art collector, you know, dominate a Pegasus and your horse is like eighth. And it's like, this is awful. And then you play that straight exact Arabian Night Red Route One, and you're like, that's exactly like literally exactly what happened in my head is what happened right now on the screen. It's like, how is the same guy handicapping both these races? It's ridiculous. Uh, that's what horse race will do to you. But as far as Arabian Lion, uh, or excuse me, hopefully Arabian Night uh, Lion, but Arabian Night, he did pretty much what I thought he would do take it to him, go after him, make him come get you. Nobody would challenge him, and he just he took off. So I thought it was a really, really good first step. There's more steps for him to go, but he could not have done that one much better. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm still at the point where it, uh, I'm not having to – I don't know, like, what do you – This is ne these next couple of weeks are going to be interesting on huh, what they do with these horses, what he starts yeah. to do with these horses, because I just can't trust – um these performances yet because i don't know what they mean moving forward because one they're not getting any points for these races and two where are they going how you know how will that be handled um you know even i, I i'm just confused of how this is like i don't have a lot of confidence i guess of how these horses are going to continue to run as well as they are running or have been running then you look at a horse like cave rock we haven't even seen yet. And like you mentioned, I can't remember if you mentioned on the show or mentioned to me personally, but it was like his first start's going to be with some other trainer. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, well, I don't know how I, I get, I'm excited. I thought that was a nice performance. I'm not over the moon about it. 
Well, that was just it. Like right after that race was over, everybody's like, well, where's, where's he going? What trainer will he be at? And it does every time this happens, it puts a damper on what you just saw. Like you should, after that race be saying, man, that's awesome. Where are we going to go next? How are they going to route this out? Is this going to, this is like the next big horse. And instead you, you say that for a couple of minutes and it's like, well, shit, who's going to train him? Where will he be? It, 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 it's it's just a mess and you're right it's hard to get real excited about him uh people really jumped on him and thinking that he was great and like i said i don't think he could have done much different to be better than he did in that race he was fantastic but you know it's step one and there's a lot of steps to go so um yeah i'm with you it's like where are we going to end up is really going to make a difference on how excited we get about this horse yeah, we'll see. I, I personally have uh, Forte, Cave Rock, and then um, Arabian Night third. I, I'm starting to wonder if we're not just going to. I mean, it's still too early. So, but it kind of had the way the, the like these three olds have not been impressive. There's been nothing super exciting so far, and kind of makes you wonder if it's like a Nyquist year where Nyquist won the the Breeders' Cup, and and we kind of you know he was an impressive horse. But we kind of just kept waiting. Who's the horse going to be? The new horse going to be? Mm-hmm. You know, who's going to take him down? And no one ever showed up. And and he just ultimately was was the best horse all year until the the, the Derby. Um, I kind of wondering if we're not. It's still too early, but maybe Forte is just better than everybody else. And we'll see when he comes back. Obviously, in the Fountain of Youth, but it seems like that is is looking more and more likely every prep we see with. A mild you know results well i mean i think i think the proof's in the pudding of what you're just saying we we got a 96 buyer from arabian night which is solid i mean that's very solid but everybody was ready to crown the horse you know and i think that's a, a sign that hey what we've seen so far is not great he's far and away the best one we've seen as a three-year-old but i'm with you i and i bike homage is with us too we talked about it uh on the kentucky derby update show it just kind of feels like there's a leader in the clubhouse. It's Forte. And then if you want to put cave rock right there with him and nobody's risen to that level yet uh, to run with those two. Now, you know, Forte's had a couple works back. They haven't been anything flashy yet, but that's probably by design cave rock. I mean, where are we looking here? I mean, we, we still don't have a workout from the source. You're looking March at least before he runs, and he's another one. What trainer is he going to be for? And you're going down those questions again uh, with him because it's up in the air at this point. We need to see a work from him soon. It's February, and I mean, it's it and, and all these other horses. Like it's seeming less and less. Like could it could it be one of those situations where it's like Santonia Derby, and then you know, Kentucky Derby, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, Forte had a lot, including from ourselves where it was like, Oh yeah, he looks good, but cave rock I think is better. And then he shut that down real quick in the breeders cup. And it kind of makes you wonder if Forte, you know, the longer he's, he's gone, it's like, well, I don't know. And then he comes back and he's like, no, he's still, he's still better than everybody else. It feels like that is very possible that could happen pending, you know, how he looks. You know, you always have to wait for their three to kind of see how they look. But it does. It feels like that is a, the likely scenario at this time. It's just 
you know, the horses that they that they beat being Forte and Cave Rock and, and even Loggins, but he's out, they're coming back and winning races or at least running well in races. And it does kind of just point to, hey, that's that's still the horse until somebody knocks him off. Now, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile winner has, has not come back to, to win in a while. So <laughs> that first race is a trio. So that's something to look for as well. Um, long way to go. But, yeah, it's interesting that we just don't have that horse really jumping off the screen at us. All right. Uh, let's get to it. Today's show, we're previewing good picks for Saturday's $250,000 Holy Bull. Yeah, that's right. That workout. Uh, it's bad. And it, the fact that if you, if you don't see another work from him, soon like that we'll see and you know another thing too is like we'll talk about that that allowance race um the undercard of, of the holy bull but <clears throat> Fletcher's got two in there and not to say they're to, to forte's standards they're probably not but you know you would think likely those horses would go to the fountain of youth one of them if not both of them where's forte go what if he's not bad you know so we'll see we'll see we'll talk more about that race um the 2020 uh, <laughs> to the <laughs> 250k holy bull at Gulfstream and the $200,000 Robert B. Lewis at at Santa Anita Park. Both, well, kind of prep races for the Kentucky Derby. Um, they are technical prep races. Only one is going to give points away, though. Um, then we're going to give some rapid fire selections for uh, the remaining stakes races, some of them, uh, this weekend at Gulfstream Park, Oakland Park, Santa Anita Park, and Tampa Bay Downs. We got a big, big show today. Let's go. And they're off in the Holy Bull. Start at Gulfstream Park on Saturday. Race 12, the grade three Holy Bull Stakes. Uh, race 12, we're, we're 250K for three-year-olds going to mile 16th. And, yeah, I mean, this one to me is the is the lesser, maybe the as far as the the uh, the end goal or the end results of these horses go, being on the Kentucky Derby. Um, but it is a field of eight and it's competitive field of eight. It's uh, you know, two to one on cyclone mischief, your four horse, you've got Lord miles at four to one. You got a couple seven to twos in legacy Isle and rocket can for bill Mott. Um, it's really all over the place. Uh, if, if you're, if you're like me and I, and I, I believe you as well, um, as good as cyclone mischief looked last out taking him at two to one, seems um problematic 100 percent. there's no way i'm playing him as the favorite in this race and that's just how it is uh especially when you look at the analytics and you look at the other horses and he's not a huge standout you know that it, romans and mcpeak they're one and the same right if they're a decent price you give them a shot you can make some money with them yeah they make sense romans and mcpeak as favorites it's just not for me. It's never going to be for me. Um, and unless it's like a Swiss skydiver situation where they just stand out in a major way. Last week I played against McPeak as a big favorite in the Martha Washington got three to one on a Brad Cox horse. Guess who won the Brad Cox horse. So that's where I'm at. I'm not going to play cyclone mischief on top as a favorite. I will say, listen, I've, I've heard from day one, this is a really nice horse. And you know what? At times, He's been a really nice horse, including last time out. He's also been a little inconsistent. I'll take a shot against him in this spot. I'm going to go to the rail horse, number one, Lord Miles. I'm going to take a shot with him. I think four to one is about the right price for him. Um, 
I think getting Irad aboard is a pretty good sign. I think stretching out a distance is really, really what this horse needs. I think he's the one they're going to have to hold up late. I like this horse quite a bit. Um, I didn't, he was on my list. Let's put it that way. Um, draft at night for, you know, this, uh, Lord miles was a horse that I was interested in. Um, I'm with you. I, I think cyclone mischief is, is beatable, no doubt. And I just, and, and it's more than anything. It's just a personal, like, like you said, I just, it, the fact that Del Romans is two to one, it's just an instant cross out for me. I just don't, I don't even, I don't even consider pick, picking this horse to win because it just doesn't, doesn't happen. It's too unlikely. I don't trust it. Um, I don't trust the horse, uh, although the horse has been very good. Uh, I, I to, to me, it's between the eight and the one rocket can. I thought looked uh, pretty good last time out. Um, of course, we hadn't seen the horse since November, but you know he he's a horse that faced some tough horses in his first two races at Saratoga, and then went to Churchill and stretched out. Looked pretty good. Um, got beat last time out in uh, in that allowance race to confidence game, and then Lord Miles to me, you know, gets the blinkers on, which I think is a is a nice sign. Gets Irad Ortiz aboard, which is a great sign. Um, going longer, I think, is only going to help this horse. You watched that last race, the Mucho Macho Man was flying late after uh, not necessarily the greatest of trips, and flying late and uh, really just ran out of real estate. The race before that, the horse just cruised. The horse continues to make those strides up with the blinkers on, gets a little more focused, gets a better jockey. I'm with you. I think Lord Miles to me is the horse I like most here. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think there the upside is definitely there. And, you know, to piggyback on Cyclone Mischief, he's got a couple of things going for him uh, in a big way. Number one, yeah, he's the favorite. Yeah, it's Dale, but... There's not a Pletcher monster you got to be like, there's not a big time horse. So he can definitely win in this spot. Uh, and so that you got that going for him. Um, you know, Dale says he's the best horse he ever trained. That's not, don't, that's whatever, you know, <laughs> like that's, that's whatever, you know, no big deal there. He says that about every horse. So I, I just, what do you say to uh, Gabe's comment? Uh, somebody closed last week ago and you guys both like a couple of who'll be off the pace. Well, I mean, there's been races since last, uh, week. I what you watch today. You watch yesterday. There's horses closing. I'm not overly concerned about it. Uh, no, I mean, it, like, well, I, you kind of, that's what I was going to say. Basically it's like what, I mean, every day is a different day. I mean, you see it all the time where a track is, a, you know, they have it set up for speed and then the next day closers are winning. And I think the biggest thing is, if if you like a horse, if you're if you are playing that angle, right? And there's, I mean, no, nothing wrong with playing that angle. Um, it's the four, right? Or the six, I guess. Legacy Isle. Um, I think, you know, I think Legacy Isle probably on the lead. Yep. Yep. Uh, I know that there's a, there's some a comment from Bree there asking about Legacy Isle. Um, you know, I don't. I mean, that's the the danger of this horse is the horse you know, has not lost, uh, I guess technically did, um, he got placed second, but crossed the wire first, um, last time out, he hasn't lost, has been basically gate to wire every time, has plenty of speed, 
who's to say the horse can't do it again? Luis Saez jumps aboard. I, I get why you would play this horse, um, especially if, say, none of these horses are that good, right? Mm-hmm. This horse just kind of continues to do um, his thing. I, I'm taking a shot against. I thought the horse was kind of looking like didn't want much more of that last race, and he's going to have to hold off a few other horses here. Speed on the dirt is always, you know, something that's going to be dangerous no matter where you're at or what the track's playing like. And that's the thing. If you think the six can get the distance, he's kind of the one to beat, right? And you are getting that rider upgrade to uh, Luis Saez. I'm kind of with Jared. You rewatch the Mucho Macho Man going a flat mile, and, and it just didn't seem like that horse wanted to go too much further than that. I don't think he holds on that day. Pace could be different. I think the six and the five are kind of going to go out there and kind of go head to head. The five should be the one I think that's going to come out and and should have probably pressed last time and and just didn't break very well. Maybe he pressed a little bit this time. Cyclone Mischief should be sitting right there. I mean, this horse sits about third in the spot, I think, and he's got first run on him. There's no doubt. You know, and I think, too, with the one, I would be surprised. Now, it is Irad, so you never know. But I would be surprised if, uh, you know, given that he has put Irad aboard, that he does throw blinkers on the horse. I don't think um, Safi really wants this horse to be that far back, at least as far back as he was in the Mucho Macho Man. You know, had gave him way too much to do. We all know that you're, it's, it's hard to win races like that. It's certainly hard to win um derby races like that and so i think he's going to want this horse to be more i wouldn't say on the lead or near the lead but more of a stocking position that kind of five or six links back versus being you know seven eight ten links back um so i think this horse is going to be further or closer up to and i i imagine if the horse has that same kind of kick um that's why i like the one as much as i do he set four links off of a six furlong pace He's only sat five and six links going a mile off the pace. I don't think he'll be that far back. If he's good enough, he, I'm not really worried about the close. And Safi's the kind of trainer that he, he he trains a lot of speed into him. You know what I mean? Like they, they tend to have quite a bit of speed in general. I'll be shocked if he's not within four or five. And I think if he is, then it's just him being good enough. And I don't know. You know, like, I don't know if he's good enough or not. But this is the field where I think he can win and a good spot to try him. Well, you said it, Dennis. Um, I was talking to Halterman about that yesterday. I was like, man, he was bad, wasn't he? You could, I mean, his horses did not run at all um, on Saturday. Sappy Joseph, that is. Like this, horses that we liked, Skippy, you know, Guadabario, whoever it is on the, in the main ones. But like this, the horses just didn't run. I've, I've never seen him have a full day like that. I mean, some of his horses, you know, they tend to maybe not show up. They're all or nothing types. Every every horse was a nothing. Every single horse, they just did nothing. not show up. Did not yeah. show up. But you know what? They've ran races since then. He's won two out of five. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's 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 you can't just say, well, his horses are terrible now and, and don't watch after the big day because he's two out of five cents. So they may, Lord miles may run out, run shitty, but I don't think it's because Safi's cursed or forgot how to train. I think a lot of people could learn from you. Um, you know, a lot of people play just like the Friday, Saturdays or the Saturday, Sundays, 
and you know you have to kind of erase your mind every single day basically um and get back to it and get back to to making picks and and trying to figure out and so you know you have to have that you know what's a new day kind of mentality that uh you know just because this ha- you know just like the the track being fast or the the Safi's you know he's cold or whatever it's like you have to just have that mentality of what's well, horse racing shit happens crazy things can happen but it doesn't mean it's the it's the new you know uh the, the the new realm the new thing that's like supposed to happen now moving forward yeah i mean it's that's just that's how you have to have how you have to have the attitude i mean like i said when you have to do it every day every track you just turn the page and also it's like if you're just playing one track a couple days a week you take that little surface of what's happening and it's like that's all you analyze but you eight tracks. Well, it's like, well, hell, I was, I hit like five out of eight winners over here. So I'm obviously not an idiot. I just, <laughs> whatever happened over there happened, you know? So, um, yeah, it is what it is. And yeah, you just turn the page, you turn to the next race. And for Safi, I'm sure he turned to the next day very happily after that Pegasus disaster. So it is, you know, it's, it just kind of is what it is in that regard. All right, we're both picking the one Lord Miles to win this race. So the two questions are, is if he wins, like we're predicting he does, is is there a scenario that you think he's a legit candidate for the Kentucky Derby? And I mean, obviously he is because he would have 20 points, but is he uh, like a legit horse? Or And then the second question is, if he doesn't win, say Cyclone Mischief, who is going to go off as your favorite for Del Romans, has all this hype, if he were to win and does it somewhat impressively, is there a point where you just have to kind of have to put to bed the Dale Romans factor and say, you know what, maybe this is a really good horse. If he wins, he's, I mean, even if he's last, you still can't forget about him because he's going to get opportunities. He should win the race. If he's the real deal, if you are a horse, that's really good. And you lose right here. It's not good. There's not, and I don't want to hear excuses and all this shit. It's not good. He's got to win here if he's the real deal. But at the same token, don't forget about him when he's 10 to 1 in the bluegrass if he loses this race, because that's when he could really strike and get you. He should win the race. And I think if he wins, he's probably the best horse we've seen in Florida so far. We haven't seen much in Florida so far. So it's a big race for him. He needs to win it. The thing about him that's impossible is when <laughs> win, lose, or draw, it, it, it's impossible to predict what he's going to do in in any race moving forward. It's that you can't, like you said, if he if he wins here, he could easily not show up the next race. If he loses here, he could win the Bluegrass at ten to one, and you know he could run a really good second in the Kentucky Derby somehow or whatever it is like. It's just that's what makes the Del Romans horses yeah. so hard to to bet, so hard to predict. It, I just don't. There's no rhyme or reason with his horses and how he and how he trains a horse, and it, you use them defensively is all I can really say. Well, yeah, that's like Gabe says we're gonna be so mad when he wins. No, not at all, because I'll have him on pick fours and pick fives. I mean, I because I think he's one of the two or three horses that can win. I'm not betting him. It's what's going to be like six to five, seven to five. It's it's not. It's never going to happen. 
then I'm going to bet a Dale Roman's horse at that price. It's just not going to happen. And this, listen, a lot of people listen to our shows and be like, wow, you hate this guy. No, this is about betting. All right. It's not, about, I, I like Dale Romans. He's one of the nicest people we've met. Okay. I would love to see him win at the same time. I'm not dumb. I'm not going to bet him at a short price ever. It just, it doesn't work out. I have no hate for the guy. I just can't bet him at six to five in a derby prep. I just can't. Yeah. You said it. And you said a really good, you, you text me on Saturday, a really good thought. And I want to make sure that people hear that. It's like, it, it, you said basically if, if if i'm not comfortable picking a horse at six to five if i say if i'm if i would tell you hey i don't think i could bet that horse with my money at six to five then why are you picking them you know and and th- if you think about that logic it makes a lot of sense we're yeah. sitting here saying i can't i with my money i could not and i certainly couldn't tell you to with your money to bet the four at six to five so why would i pick the horse at right. six to five he could win sure but i just can't i can't in, do it you know and so um i think that's a good logic to have with a horse or any kind of a race where you it's like if you don't feel comfortable if it's one of those like you know don't get into the situation where it's like well i really don't like the horse or i don't think he's six to five i, I should play him but who else could win so i think i'm gonna pick him like pick someone else Pretty much. I mean, that's that you, you said it right. And I, that's, that's what it is. Right. And if he beats you at six to five, don't worry about it. Cause you did, it made your stomach turn to bet that horse at six to five. Well, he beat you. Okay. You were wrong, but more times than not, that's going to work out. You just got to listen to what your gut's telling you to do in those situations. And again, I, I, if he wins this race, I will not be angry, and I I will not be surprised because okay. he fits. He does fit. I mean, he that race last time out, probably going to win if he runs it again. Halterman and I have a good system where we we both with with McPeak and and, and Romans we we have a it's like okay if if I'm ever feeling like I want to pick one of those horses at a low price, we just call the other one and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, and they say you fucking idiot what are you doing stop and then we we fix it so it's it's a good system it's a buddy system i encourage everyone to have one of those in their life Uh, yeah i I, you everybody needs a a, a one like that yes and like said mcpeak swiss skydiver that burned us a few times no doubt no doubt no doubt yeah but i was it not swiss it was who's the other horse that uh can't think of it off the top of my head, but it, it sometimes it works whenever they when they when they go down the line a little bit and they've been rough, and now all of a sudden, like you're talking about with with uh, you know with this horse, say this horse ten to one in the bluegrass. Well, it's seeming you know and it, you know I, someone commented the other day about the peak horse. I don't remember what day it was. I think it was at the at fairgrounds or something. It was like surprised Jared didn't pick that horse because it's got all the you know the right angles with the mcpeak and i mean certainly is a horse that i look at more whenever but like again this horse has if he's that low of a price i don't even consider and i i can live with, i can live my whole life with that logic just yep. fine well like with, with mcpeak last weekend and again I, I have nothing against him i'm sure he's a nice guy i don't think he's a terrible trainer it's just i don't play him you know as a as a favorite and so you look at McPeak as the example, right? Last weekend, Martha Washington, he's even money. Yeah, no, thank you. Southwest, he's got two horses that are like 30 to one. 
yeah, maybe we can get on board. And guess what? One of them got third and helped blow up a try with a big favor winning. Yeah, it's all about the you know watching these guys and knowing how they enter horses. And just because they are a huge prize doesn't mean they're not live. Um, mm-hmm. It's just experience. All right, we're both on number one, Lord Miles, to win the Holy Bull. And they're off in the Robert B. Lewis. All right, let's go to the next... Uh, and and because the Withers is, uh, is is off the board this weekend, the the other Derby Prep at Santa Anita race three, the Robert B. Lewis, uh, Grade Three, two hundred K for three year olds going to mile sixteenth. Both these races are technically Derby Prep races, twenty eight four six four two for your top five finishers. But we've issued we've got we got a problem here, Alterman. We got four horses entered in the Robert B. Lewis. All four are trained by, you know, the uh, the Darth Maul of, of horse racing, Bob Baffert. So he can't get any points. So no points will be rewarded for this race. But it is a derby prep, meaning these are derby type horses. It It's the perfect race if you're trying to figure out which Baffert horse is good. Um, because they're all going to line up and they're not, you, you know, that none of them are going to press each other. They're all going to run like the exact race that Bob wants these horses to run because it's, I mean, it's going to be like watching a workout. It's just a matter of trying to figure out which horse is going to work out the best. I don't know the answer to the, to the I hate races like this. And I've said it before. I hate when there's three or four horses in a race and that those horses kind of control what the pace does. Well, this is an entirely new thing for us. Every single horse is a Baffert. Um, I, the four, I think was just entered to fill the race. So I think you could scratch him out the other three. It's like, yeah, okay. They, they're interesting, but look at their odds. Seven, five, eight, five. <laughs> and that's what they'll be too, you know? So I would not be shocked if the maiden wins, but I didn't want to, the, the, that's the three horse booster, but I didn't, I didn't go there. I, I think it's Arabian lion or Newgate. I think if Arabian lion bounces back he's gonna win i think he's better than newgate and if he doesn't i think newgate's kind of better than the rest of them uh putting the blinkers on again i think it's gonna help he has one win with the blinkers two win without so it might as well put him back on the horse in the mornings has been showing himself he's been showing that he is gonna bounce back i'll take arabian lion but this is it and that's just for, for any of these horses any of them that lose this race I don't want to hear them mentioned in my life ever again. <laughs> uh, it's uh first of all, before I get like, what, what the hell is the matter with this, with this track? I don't know. I, and I, I tweeted it out and there he's like, Oh, you know, like Bob Baffert's problem. No, I'm not talking about the fact that Bob Baffert has four horses. Like it's not uncommon for Bob Baffert to have two or three, um, in a derby prep out there because he's got a bunch of horses. And, and in that case, he kind of does here and because like the four is just a filler. Um, but why is there not other ones? You know, it's a 20 point race. We know that Bob Baffert can't get points. So you're able to pick up more points than maybe you, you could normally. Um, I don't like, you can't tell me you can, you can't find two or three other horses in, in over out there in California or ship one out or whatever. Like, I just think it's just, it's a joke of a race. Um, yeah. Past the fact that like there might you know Raven Line could come bounce back or Newgate could be 
I mean, these aren't terrible horses, uh, I don't think. But it's more of like the bigger picture of like, how how is this all we can get in this race? Past even that, and it's awful, the nominations. 14 of the 16 nominations were Bob Baffert trained horses. Yeah. Where is everybody? And, you know, we were talking to John uh, White about it, and uh, we were talking about, you know, Del Mar in the summer and even in their fall meet, when they do their two-year-old maiden special weight races, they got a bunch of them. There's usually pretty full fields. Maybe there's not 12 in the field, but maybe there's nine or 10 every race. And it's not all Bafferts. He might have one or two, but there's also a lot of other trainers in there. Where the hell are you? Why are you not running in this race? I, I it's unexplainable. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, it just seems like every year when we're in, we're, when we're at Del Mar, my thought process is, wow, California's doing well. Like they're starting to get better fields. And then we get to this meet at Santa Anita. And after opening day, it's like, where the fuck is all the horses? Where are they? They're not anywhere to be found. It's it's, it's bizarre. Yeah. And by the way, Dennis, I would have, but Cooper just turned four uh, a week ago. So yeah. he's out. He's uh, he's an older male now. So <laughs> he can't compete with the three-year-olds um, any longer. But no, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. I just don't, and it's like we give all the shit to Bob Baffert. We don't really necessarily anymore, but you know, we, we in general we give all the shit to Bob Baffert, and it's like, well, shit. At least he's running his horses. What would he do? What would we do if we banned him completely? Yeah, does not have the Robert B. Lewis. I mean, <laughs> it's you know, like at least he's got horses to fill. And and frankly, like you said, like the four is probably a filler. So he's like really free you know um in the race it's, it's i couldn't believe it when i saw it i thought i had to look like three times like that can't be right it cannot be right that we only got these horses to run in this race it's uh anyways so it is happening this is a ha- so basically what the way we got to look at this race is a prep a, a workout like i'm like i mentioned before and kind of what it means moving forward again no one's getting points but at least it can give us an idea um of what these horses might do and maybe the ones that might move forward to the derby trail um because you know it's not really a derby trail yet with these horses because they're not getting points uh point is i'm with you i think it's the one or the two if the one can bounce back he'll make it competitive i'm starting to wonder if we saw two arabian horses not arabian bread but uh, you know what i mean arabian horses at keeneland that day one was the goods one wasn't. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder. Not saying it's you know both of them tra- owned by the same tra- uh, owner. Um, wondering if that was the case. Uh, but <sighs> he's definitely better than he was in the Los Alpha charity. I mean, I think we all can say that um, he was beyond awful. Something had to have happened. Velasquez stays aboard. Uh, that's obviously a positive sign. Do you look at two the two Newgate? And, you know, he's not like the, the sexiest horse to pick, but the last two races, the Bob Hope and the Sham, you know, got beat by having, having Meltdown, who's a fantastic sprinter. Um, I think he showed that last time out. He also beat Practical Move, who obviously went on to win the Lowe's Out for Charity um, that day, and then got beat by Reincarnate last time out in the Sham. And I thought he, he gave Reincarnate everything he wanted that day. And I think Reincarnate might be... I mean, third best Baffert, I guess. I mean, behind Cave Rock and Arabian Night. So, I mean, it's not like that's a bad loss. Uh, 
I think new I think Detour getting back aboard, maybe learned a little thing, a couple things there. Yeah, you know, I, I I think this is maybe Newgate's race. I mean, he got just as good a chance as the other two that have a chance that weren't entered just because they needed the race to fill, right? So I think I, I mean, are you going to be? I'm not going to be shocked. I I think that's a good pick. Uh, you know, I he did run on really well. He's been against good competition and sometimes it hasn't gone great. And sometimes it's just been okay. This is this good competition. I, I don't know. You might be right. Arabian lion. He did have two really good races, but that last one was, was just awful. So if he's that kind of horse, it's new gates to lose. Well, there, the other factor is, I think that, I mean, Worcester could could definitely win. I mean, I'm not. I, I think it's unlikely, but this horse should be a lot better going long. He's bred to go long. He's been running six and six and a half furlongs. Hajazi was awesome, I thought, in that uh, main special weight, and he gave that horse everything he wanted. Um, that horse just a little bit better. This horse certainly because you can make the case of okay, well, maybe Arabian Line puts another stinker in. And Newgate is just kind of what he is, right? Just nothing special, but not bad. I mean, all it's going to take is a horse to pop, and, and maybe Worcester does. You know, he ran a ninety-four buyer that day. Um, I think that's going to be probably right around what it's going to take to win this thing, ninety-five, ninety-six. So certainly could improve going longer. So I honestly, any of those three, I'd be a little surprised if a four one, but any of these three could win. And I, I don't know if you're playing multis and stuff. I have a hard time. You either take, you're either just, just locking in and saying I'm singling Newgate or whoever, and just hope I'm right. Or you just play all three and try to buy the race. Or you play all four. Cause like Dennis mentioned, you got four horses, you know, you're going to win. You can play some funny, funny games, right? You get the highest price win the win. I mean, that's, that's why you couple horses. Uh, that's why uh, most tracks make you couple horses and a couple entries, right? So you don't play those games. Well, here there's games to be played, so I, you know nothing would really shock me. Um, you'll see. I mean, honestly, I think the only horse that has potential to really be like good out of this is Arabian Lion because we kind of know Newgate is good, not great. Yeah, the three, it's like, look, I know he's gonna improve, but he's still a maiden. I don't think he's gonna win this and then go on to be a great horse. So not with you. I mean, the one was, was bred, was bought, was purchased, was owned. I mean, trained to be a legit horse. Yeah. No doubt about it. Now, whether he is or not, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) This is a big race for him. It's a big race because if he, if he, if he doesn't fire again, something can't beat a four horse field, then they're going to have to kind of rethink the the strategy with him. And, And considering they have, the, the stable mate, you know, same owner just won last week. You got to think they might kind of slow down with the Arabian Lion completely and, and it not give a lot of pressure moving forward with him um, on the Derby Trail, anyway. So, yeah, it's a big race for him more than anyone else in the race, no doubt about it. Yep, no question. I, so, I did the same thing. Um, I think you kind of answered it there. We both are picking, or I mean, you're picking, are you picking Arabian Lion? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> okay, I'm on, I'm picking Newgate technically, but I mean it's 
who you know either way it could go um whoever does win this race are you kind of automatically filing it under maybe the the, the category right under um arabian night kind of in that reincarnate section of the Baffert horses it, it's really hard to know that answer until you see how this specifically is going to be run and what they do with these horses and what if they do something dumb and this or that, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think this, this has the potential to produce like a top 12 type of horse. Let's say, I, I don't think we're going to exit this race and go, that's a top five horse. I think that would be surprising. Yeah. I mean, Unless Arabian Lion, like, if he just destroys the field and, like, just puts him away, then you might say, okay, maybe he is really, really good. And he becomes, like, top five, top eight, something like that. But because uh, he certainly has the upside. Um, but, you know, let's not forget Newgate had a lot of upside, too, at one point. Um, so we'll see. Maybe Arabian Lion is is like the newer Newgate. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll find out on Saturday in this unbelievably epic field competitive as it all out the he, the robert b lewis i've got number two newgate uh, he's got number one arabian line we think bob baffert is gonna win this race <laughs> how many times have you heard that i think bob baffert's gonna win literally like when the overnights came out people were tweeting us <laughs> with the bob baffert super uh, oh that's that's clever you know, one thing about it, uh, Messier won this race last year. Of course, he went on to do nothing. The Kentucky Derby winner, at least for four or five days, Medina Spirit won this race um, two years ago. So there's been some decent ones winning. Uh, Mucho Gusto, who went on to win the Pegasus, uh, he was in this race and won. Dortmund won this race. So he's had some good ones win here. Um, he's also had some bad ones, too, so. All right, time for Rapid Fire, presented by the Racing Dudes Rockets. Uh, you know, th- this is a product that Halterman and I do together. Halterman kind of takes the lead on this every uh, every day they're available. So, Halterman, I put you on the spot. Tell the people about the Rockets. Yeah, yeah, the Rockets uh, every day for usually it's the main three tracks on uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of Oaklawn. Uh, Gulfstream Park in Santa Anita, and then we do some Wednesdays and Thursdays too. Uh, you get pick four and pick five tickets. You get race by race analysis and our combined top fours uh, in the race as well. Uh, that we do a free rocket. It got pulled up on the screen right now for a pick four every day, and we are live going into the last leg of this pick four at Gulfstream Park right now. Uh, I believe it was a. Is that today's that you're on? Yeah. It's a no. That's tomorrow's. I think. I think that's the third. Yeah. Oh. Um, but today's magic already changed it out, dummy. But today we had a twenty-four dollar ticket, and we're alive anywhere from a hundred to about two fifty, going into three horses here. So do that every day, uh, or like I said, every every uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and check them out at racenews.com. There you go. It's like the, uh, the you know, it's like uh, the getting the best of both worlds. Halter and I teaming up and then you get those every single day they're available and yeah i mean the tickets are usually we try to keep them low um the, the prices and uh you know knock on wood we do quite well with with the uh, the rois on that so make sure you go check out racing dudes rockets under the uh racing dudes premium section at racing dudes.com all right 
Let's, uh, let's go back to Goldstream Park for a couple of these races on Saturday. Let's kick it off with race six. The Claiborne Farm Swell Stakes, grade three, 125K for three-year-olds going seven furlongs. Still the six lines up here, led by your outside favorite at six to five. Number six, Super Chow. You going with the favorite or are you trying to beat him? Yeah, I went with the favorite here. I, I do like Super Chow. He's been pretty darn impressive uh, over this track. Uh, it, it's... Last time out was kind of, I thought, a proving ground in a way for this horse. Wanted to see uh, what the horse could do, and I thought ran very well. And uh, I just think he can kind of parlay that into more success today. I think he gets out to the lead, um, and I think he just kind of takes some gate to wire like he does. I mean, this horse has won four in a row, five out of six. I think he's tough in this spot here. I, I, I like Super Chow. I almost, almost went there, and I, I went and watched back the mutual macho man and i hate to i know maybe i'm putting too much stock in it but i i was sold on the the poor trip the one got that day yep. general jim and i'm gonna take him once again here kind of rebound Luis Saez, uh kind of the regular jockey there alvarado rode once but Saez was on last time out stays aboard lord miles um a horse that you and i picked uh, just a little bit ago to win the holy bull was a horse that finished right ahead of him that day in that mucho macho man um you know you watch that i mean this horse maybe should have got a better trip but just never could get out and every time he tried to get out he got cut off and it seemed like he had to run and then got cut off i get the drawing the rail isn't ideal if you're looking for a horse that uh gets a better a little bit better trip but i think if this horse can just get out gets him outside a little bit he should have plenty and plenty of run um, should sit, sit a nice trip with a little bit of speed lined up in here with the, um, you mentioned, you know, obviously your horse, Super Chow, but there's a bunch of speed in here. And I think if that horse can sit a nice trip and kind of kick out, I like the one quite a bit here to kind of rebound off of a troubled uh, effort last time out in the Mutual Match Man. So I'm going to go with number one, General Jim. I picked him in that Mucho Macho Man, and I was really pissed at the trip he got. He will definitely be on a ticket. I think he's got talent. Uh, he's a good turf horse, too. So that'd be interesting to see if they get him back on the turf at some point. Yeah, and that's that's the issue with him, right? Is like he 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 looked we we didn't get really a good chance to see what he could do on, on that on the dirt. I mean we did see him on debut, but that race, because he never really got a chance to run when the real running mattered. He was really good on turf. So you still have that that question mark as if, if he's a turf horse, so to speak, but I'm willing to give him another shot here because I think he's, uh, especially if you can get anywhere in the ballpark of that 5-2, which I highly doubt uh, you do. All right, let's go to an allowance race. We don't do a lot of allowance races on um, Rapid Fire, but this one is worthy of it. Race 8 on the Gulfstream Park card. Uh, it's an allowance optional claiming, uh, 75K, $86,000 purse, one mile for three-year-olds. And uh, I feel this uh, a 7 lines up here, and, and you know, this, is a, this is a big race. You know, you get the nine to five horse on the inside, tap it trice all the way to the outside. You get the seven horses, uh, Shesterkin, <laughs> say it, Shesterkin, Shesterkin. Thank you. I'll get it now. Eight to five. Um, both trained by Todd Pletcher, both kind of highly touted three year olds. <clears throat> one going to the lead, one's going to be coming off of it. Kind of feels like they've got the, the field literally engulfed here. Which one are you going with? I'm going to go with more of the pace presence here of the number seven, Shesterkin. You look at this setup, it looks like he's going to be loose on the lead. I think that's going to be tough for Tappet Trice. I went back and watched Tappet Trice's uh, uh, Baden win. 
He certainly looked pretty solid. I, I don't think this is one you better sleep on. Uh, end of the day, though, I do think he's uh, Shesterkin's going to be really tough to run down if he gets that kind of trip that he that he's projected to get on paper. So uh, I'll, I'll lean him, but you know, wouldn't be surprised either way in this one. Yeah, man, I I definitely think it's those two. Um, not going to get real creative there. I obviously am biased with Tappet Trice, a horse that I you know went and watched closely in that made a special weight again um ultimately claiming the horse uh i don't know when it was a month ago um in the fantasy league because i just i just thought that the horse i thought showed a lot and i think this horse you know i'm with you i i do can i am concerned one by the mile um and i do think that uh having this stable mate in there is a pace situation because there really isn't a lot of pace signed into the race you know you really would like to see one other horse in here that likes to fly um that can at least put a little bit of pressure now the only thing is is i mean it's not like it's huge going seven furlongs to a mile you know he, the seven hasn't done this got, gone this far yet only had one start whereas tapatrice has ran both races on at a mile um so you've got that going for you but yeah it, it's going to be one of those cases hopefully we see kind of the seven on the lead and the one try to run them down and and we'll kind of get an idea of maybe who's the better one. But I I am going I am going Tapatrice. Um it's very close. I think that both these horses are somewhat legit. Um like I think you need to keep an eye out for these horses. As you gotta think if one, if not both, depending on how they run, you're gonna see and you know, I don't know, maybe I don't know if the fountain of youth considering Forte's aiming for that race, but you're going to see these horses on the Derby prep next time out. And I mean, Tabitha Trice is a $1.3 million horse for, for, for legit owners for Todd Pletcher. There's a lot to like him, about him. And, and same with uh certain, I mean, this is a horse, a violence horse, but uh, was a high priced horse as well. Has you know, the owners that, you know, we're common to knowing with, with Todd Pletcher. So I think both these horses have high upside. I do too. I wish they were running at a mile and sixteenth, so you could compare this time with the Holy Bull time. I don't know why they didn't do that, but um, whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think they're both going to jump up. I mean, you see who's in the Holy Bull, and yeah, and those top couple that we talked about, they look decent. But past them, there's not a ton in there, so these horses would fit into a race like the Holy Bull. Uh, now you're going to get one more race under their belt, and I think they're ready to go to preps if they run well uh, next time out. Are you a little surprised? I mean, Shesterkin maybe is not so much a surprise because of the one race and, you know, seven furlongs and he stretches out to a mile here. Kind of. The, are you a little surprised, even though it was just a main special weight, that Tappet Trice didn't show up in the Holy Bull um, versus running, like, once again at a mile, even though it is logically the right progression? I think with the way they've set up these derby preps, these 10 and 20 point races the, the trainers do not care to push their, their horses into those races. So I think they thought just give him an allowance. We'll see where he's at. And then we'll run him in a 50 and a hundred and call it a day. So no, um, because of that, uh, if it was a little bit different circumstances, I would say yes. No, I'm with you. I, I don't think there's a lot of rush because all it takes is to finish second, really in one of those 50 point races yep. and it gets you the same points that you're getting in this race you know so you might as well just not push it uh, or i mean the holy bull so you're just might as well just not push it and uh, you know obviously two horses that are very lightly raced um 
you know, Jacerk and barely got the, you know, barely got a race in, in his two-year-old year, you know, literally the last day of the year. So very lightly raced uh, horses. We'll see what they do, but this is a race to watch. Um, no doubt about it and see what they do moving forward and where they might end up. Lots, lots can be said about this race, probably more so than I think um, in the Holy Bull. Uh, would you say, by the way, I, I, would you probably agree with that? Like, do you think if, if, say, one of those horses runs really well, Holy Bull, whatever happens, like, you might be more excited about these horses versus what you see in the Holy Bull? I think it's a possibility. I wouldn't go far as say I think it's 100% a possibility, but I do think it's a possibility for sure. Um, you know, uh, Cyclo Mischief gallops out and wins by a couple, then, you know, he's probably going to be a little bit more impressive than that allowance horse, and he should be. He's further along, but there's also a situation where that Holy Bull is kind of a mosh, and then it's like, well, if somebody was impressive here, then, yeah, they're, they're going to be more the one we're talking about after the race is or after the card's over. Right. Yeah, we'll find out uh, on Saturday. The last race we're going to talk about uh, at uh, Goldstream Park, race 10, the Ford Gal Stakes, grade 3, 125K, Phillies, three-year-olds going seven furlongs. Kind of a weird one because it is a Kentucky Oaks prep race, even though it's going seven furlongs. 28-642 uh, for your top five finishers. And, you know, a little bit of a competitive race, still 10 lined up here. To me, I, I was really between the three uh, atomically and uh, the, uh, the, the eight red carpet ready. Those are my two that I was most interested in. You know, Atomically was a horse that, you know, was uh, was running well last year, went to the Breeders' Cup, uh, kind of ch- switched trainers to, to Todd Fletcher, didn't run great, didn't run terrible. Now he's kind of got a little more time with her. Do you think she's the one to beat here for Fletcher? Boy, this is a weird one. Yeah, I, I put the three on top, but I, I did really kind of debate this one for a while. Um, yeah, I... I Gosh, I went atomically on top. I like red carpet ready a lot as well. So I, I think you knocked out the two horses. I thought about putting the number two twice as sweet on top for a little bit as well. Uh, kind of has some good races and some bad races, a little inconsistent, but her best might be good enough here as well. So there, there was a lot of different ways you could go. End of the day, I did go atomically on top. I think cutting back to the seven furlong distance is going to be right up her alley. I think she'll run pretty well in the spot. Yeah, man, this is uh, maybe I would say like moving forward, I maybe would be more interested in the three, um, but maybe not for this race. Uh, the, you know, this horse likes Goldstream Park, loves Goldstream Park. Three three starts, two wins. Um, his one for one for the distance did win by seven at this at this track, but they've tended to, to try to run this horse. Obviously, ran in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. It was like six to one that day, um, so it wasn't like it was like a huge long shot. But uh, didn't run great in, in a race that wasn't great in, in itself. Uh, and then you get the eight, red carpet ready. I just kind of think that, you know, it, it going this long, going seven furlongs, not really a stretch it out, you know, for a horse like uh, uh, for red carpet ready, who's been running at six and six and a half, has really dusted them both times out. Um, both of them are at Churchill Downs, hasn't ran at Goldstream Park, but you got to think the speed at Goldstream. Uh, might be uh, might be dangerous for this horse. Saez gets them out. I thought that was a nice little uh, bonus mm-hmm. here as well. I expect this horse to try to take them gate to wire, um, especially at that price. I, I hope we get somewhere in the ballpark at four to one. So I'm going to take number eight, red carpet ready. That is a, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I just I don't know that I would be super excited about anyone in that race other than the three moving yeah. forward. It's a it's a mixed bag. I, uh, I you know. 
the, that three had a lot of hype coming in the Breeders' Cup, kind of like you mentioned, but didn't really do much in that race. Of course, no. none of those horses ran that well that day. Except right, for one. Let's go to Oaklawn Park, uh, race nine, the Bay Coast Stakes, grade three with 250K for Phillies and Mares, four-year-olds and up, going one, one sixteenth miles. Field of seven lines up here, and it's, uh, you know, gosh, this is a, this is a tricky one um, because you kind of, his lovely ride, can lovely ride do it again on the front end at three to one. You get the favorite, Amo Ray for Brad Cox, who's shipping in that horse from Fairgrounds at five to two. Ice Orchid, who just can't seem to quite get it done. Um, at four to one, seven to two on uh, your your favorite horse that you love to pick, La, La Vida. Uh, where are you going in this race? I can't quit Ice Orchid. That's the horse I played last time out to try to beat Lovely Ride and didn't do it. But uh, I'm gonna go Ice Orchid one more time. Thought she ran great last time out. Just needed to run just a little bit better this time, and I need her stablemate the five to pressure the seven. Like I think she was supposed to last time. She didn't do it. I think she'll pressure. I think they'll put a little bit of pressure on Lovely Ride. I think Ice Orchid is going to be tough to hold off. So I'm going to go number three, Ice Orchid. Yeah, last time out in the in the Pippin, you and I both uh, tried to beat uh, Lovely Ride with Ice Orchid. And here we are again. We're going to both do it again. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm with you. I, I That horse ran too good to lose last time yeah. out, Ice Orchid. And, and I just hopefully with a little bit more pressure you go watch that Pippman. just no one pressured lovely ride um if i mean let's be fair if that horse gets that trip again it's over um it's gonna be a very similar situation that we saw that day but yeah like get the five out there like go out there and just pressure the uh the seven lovely ride and so um i don't love the the one especially at five to two um, I get it's Brad Cox, super dangerous, definitely could win, but you know, I don't, you know, that race like just wasn't even supposed to be on the dirt and that horse, they've been, they've been running the horse on the turf after the horse wasn't running great on the dirt. I don't know. I just, there's not, I don't love this, this horse here. Me neither. I, I, I don't like it five to two at all. Uh, could win for sure. I'll probably try to go against. I'll probably try to beat her with some of these other ones. Um, maybe a dumb decision, but that's kind of where I'm at. I, I'm with you on that one. All right. We are both on the three ice orchid. All right. Let's go to Santa Anita. Now, all these races, uh, you know, all these tracks just say Goldstream Park, Santa Anita. Um, even Tampa Bay's got a couple, like, have multiple stakes. We're kind of picking a few here and there because there's so many. Um, so make sure you go to racingnews.com, get all our free and premium picks for the uh, the entire card. But race 10 at Santanita Park on Saturday, the Thunder Road Stakes. It's a grade three worth 100K for four-year-olds and up, going one mile on the turf. And, dude, uh, I looked at this race for a hot minute. Field of 11 uh, with the, the 11 scratching out. Um, so field of 11, and it's all over the place. I mean, John had a hell of a job, and I see the morning lines are out now. Um, had a hell of a job coming up with these morning lines, I'm sure. Air Force Red is your three to one uh, type of favorite, but I mean, take it. Just really, it's just a grab bag. I mean, other than a few in here that are just massive prices, um, you, you take your pick, and you can't really be wrong. I, mean, I feel like you, 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 there's a case to make about with about all of them. It, it's going to be tough. I, I ended up picking the number one Earl's Rock on top in this spot. I, I like the five to one price. I like the connections, Diabato and Pratt. Uh, you know, 
ran off of a layoff two races back, going this distance. Got third, only being a length and a quarter. Thought it was a pretty good race. Last time out, wins by a head. Now we're third off the layoff. Now we're moving up in company. Strainer knows what he's doing. I already mentioned Diamato. Uh, I think this is a pretty good shot for this horse. I Like I said, I like that price as well. I went number one, Earl's Rock. Uh, gosh, I, I didn't really want to play Air Force Red on top, so I didn't go that way. I mean, am I crazy for thinking the 12 Cavo Spirit is a horse that, that's got a shot kind of cutting back in distance? Almost put that horse on top as well. Well, you're not crazy because that is my top pick. So. Ah, there we go. All right. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, we're both crazy. I don't know. But, um, yeah, the 12 Cavo Spirit is my top play. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like the fact that this horse is uh, cutting back, like you mentioned, at this distance, three starts, two wins. At Santa Anita, love Santa Anita. Four starts, two wins, two seconds, always runs well. You know, just they've been putting this horse in really tough races. You know, the Hollywood Derby, uh, grade one, got, you know, finished fifth, beaten two and a half, but, you know, tough race, obviously. You know, won the Twilight Derby at grade two, is, you know, multiple graded stakes winner. Just they run them in tough races and, and getting that cutback, um, had some time off a little. You know, I think this horse will be tough here. It always runs well. I think that the issue is, 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 is a 12 post going to be too much to overcome but in a horse that likes to kind of come off of it a little bit and there is plenty of speed in this race i think sets up nicely the horse is working out great i feel like he's got the horse kind of running um the best that he that he's ran in a long time so i, I to me cobble spirit is going to give you an effort and i just really hope we get anywhere in the ballpark of six to one because i think this horse is certainly live um a horse that i almost picked on top did you consider the 10 dark shift? Yeah, I, I looked at this horse for quite a while, actually. I, I think this one makes logical sense. Second start in the United States, getting a jockey upgrade. Uh, you know, it kind of does have the signs of, yeah, this horse could run pretty well. Look, the horse was just horrible out of the gate last time out. Got to get better out of the gate. Yeah. It was an allowance race at Keeneland. Now we're at a grade three here. Um like I said, that jockey upgrade is going to make a difference. I think the horse will definitely run better. Um, did not end up doing it, obviously, but one I considered, yeah. Yeah, ran really well overseas at a mile at Ascot. I think this horse uh, definitely could win here, could definitely rebound. Um, and then another one I liked a lot was There Goes Harvard, another 8-1 to one shot. So I think uh, it's one of those races that, uh, you know, has got plenty of options, like, you know, the odds uh, – suggest but uh we're kind of we're around you and i look like we're rounding out the field here you got the one um in the inside and that i've got the 12 cobble uh, spirit on the outside all right let's go to uh the last race we're going to talk about on rapid fire let's go to tampa bay for race nine the tampa bay stakes grade three was 175k for four years and up going one and 16 miles on the turf field of 12 lines up here halterman and <laughs> Three to one on Chez Pierre is your is your favorite, and you know it's funny. We were talking about this race uh, before we got on air, and, and you know we both said you go you go. Uh, I almost like we were talking about how hard this race was to handicap. You said I almost put a thirty to one on top, and I said me too. And we had different horses, <laughs> so so it's that kind of race when you try to handicap this race. So first, give me your top pick, who you like, but then let's also talk about these thirty to ones that we uh, we thought about using as well. 
Yeah, huh? it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I like the number four win from within, and so that's who I put on top here. Uh, this horse is going to go out to the front. You know that. Got a nice inside draw here. Uh, speed usually plays well on this turf course. You got a really good trainer, especially at Tampa Bay. Uh, I like win from within, so I, I put him on top. Uh, also gets a little bit of a cutback. You know, doesn't have to quite go a mile and an eighth like last time. Cut back to that mile and a 16th distance. I'll give him a shot. Yes, it is Emmanuel. It's the Emmanuel, not not a different Emmanuel. It's the Emmanuel. We haven't seen this horse since Saratoga uh, in Saratoga Derby last August. Yeah, that's right. Jared's boy. This is my guy. Um, not my guy today, though. I don't, uh, got a 14 buyer in that effort that day. Obviously needed some time off. Um, had to, you know had a tough campaign trying to get him to the derby didn't quite work out then kind of bounced right from that into the pine ridge ran well um and then that i mean i don't think anybody thought that horse that was a lot to ask to have him run in that saratoga derby that day um you know especially consider all things considered so needed the time off i mean he certainly could run well um love the guy but uh i can't pick him here i this is a I don't you know to me this is one of those races where I was like I'm either playing the favorite or I'm taking like this is huge swing and ultimately I, I kind of last you know last second changed my pick to the ten Chess Pierre I just looked at these you know well, for one the horse has never lost in five starts uh, three overseas and they came over here and just immediately started winning on the turf uh, one kind of on debut then won a stakes race at Laurel. Uh, by five and a half has just been just plain and simple has been better than everybody else it's, it's faced and I this horse is just you know you don't see you're not seeing a lot of uh, 100 buyers in this race with 96 buyers which is what the horse has gotten the last two starts just think he's on a different level uh, uh, than the rest of these and I don't necessarily believe this is like a world-class horse um, but I do think he's better than what's in this race so uh, I, I I kind of overthought it, and then I brought it back. I was like, you know what? I think the ten's just better than the rest of them, so I'm gonna pick the ten, Ches Pierre. But let's let's swap thirty to ones here. Who were you thinking about? <laughs> I thought about Dakota Gold. <laughs> I, let's, let's, play, let's play a game. Who's thirty to one is worse? All right. Yeah. You're... Okay, that'd be fun. I had thought about Dakota Gold. I think the pace is going to set up. I think getting back on the turf obviously going to help. Pretty darn good connections. I thought about Dakota Gold. I, I think that horse is going to run better than thirty to one. Let's put it that way. Okay. I thought about the one Barberini. Um, last time out, uh, ran on the synthetic at Goldstream Park, going a mile and five-eighths. Uh, got third, value engineering, beat this horse. But you look at the races prior to that, won four of the last five races, and allowance races, of course, uh, whether it be at Tampa, whether it had been at Pimlico, whether it had been at Laurel, but it's running quite well. I mean, yes, the horse will need to step up, um, but this horse kind of, I think, has shows the type of uh, <clears throat> kind of uh, the kind of situation or the kind of running style that you're going to need to win this race. And like, again, likes Tampa of two wins and four starts uh, this distance, uh, two wins and three starts. It's a class. It's a step up, but I do think the horse will outrun the 30 to one odds. So which one let's, we'll let him kind of filter in. Which one is the worst 
30 to one. <laughs> hey, they're 30 to one for a reason, right? Uh, yeah. I, I think both of them are the same in that run up. You'd hope that they just kind of run up and pass horses. So. Yeah. They're you're, you're and I think you're using them, whether it be a tournament or you're using them like, you know, f- for, you know, do it like a, a part wheel for, um, 10 over, you know, 111, you know, or something like that. Like they probably, they probably can't win, but maybe they could make some noise underneath. Um, uh, but all right, for the top picks, I got number 10, Chess Pierre, and you've got the four win from within. <laughs> all right, it's all the time we have. Check us out at racingnews.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our products page. Click the Get Racing News Premium button at the, at the menu at racingdudes.com to learn more. Remember, we are your destination site for all free horse racing picks to all the major horse racing tracks. We're on Twitter at Racing underscore Dudes, Instagram, Facebook. You can check out all episodes of Blinkers Off by visiting our podcast page, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the places you listen to podcasts. We are there. Of course, go to our YouTube channel to search Racing Dudes on YouTube or YouTube slash Racing Dudes and access our YouTube page and get all the content there for free. Uh, we do, you know, Blinkers Off. We're live right now. If you're watching us, thank you so much. Make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit that notification bell. And if you aren't, what are you waiting for? Go to YouTube right now and go subscribe. Also, you can subscribe to the Magic Mike Show, who is on in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Uh, they'll be doing the Gulfstream Park Saturday Late Pick 5 preview. So you want more? Um, we talked about a little bit about the Ford Gal and the Holy Bull. But if you want more analysis there of that Pick 5, of course, I think that allowance race is in that as well. Um you're going to want to get uh, stay tuned and listen to the Magic Mike to see their analysis of the late pick five at Goldstream Park. All right, Halterman, my boy. My boys are in the Super Bowl again. The Chiefs did it. They did it. Yes. It's, great. it's, great. it's a great time to be alive. It's a great time to be a Chiefs fan. That's all I got to say. They they did it with defense, and that was the the big, big thing. And that's, boy, that's good to see for when they need to do it again because they they did it with defense and that was huge no shoddy the little dude's not here right now um yeah you there's no there's no way it would have been this quiet if uh as you guys can attest to if he was he's, he's duct taped in the other room actually um no not here but yeah you're right defense it was it was uh it was crazy it was i i knew that uh, yeah, in fact, Davey goes to the kingdom. That's right. Um, you know, I I thought we had it lost, you know, midway through the third quarter. I text you. Uh, I was like, we're not winning this game. Mm-hmm. I just, it, 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 two things. One, we were do, we were playing too well and not getting points. Mm-hmm. And that's always, it's always a concern when you're like, you're not picking up the points. And two, it was just like the momentum was shifting. All our guys kept getting hurt. We were playing with Marcus Kemp out there as our wide receiver. I mean, it was just – it just had the feeling of a one of those losses. And honestly, when Burrow had the ball with like six minutes left and then again, it was like two minutes left. You're like, I thought even at six minutes left, I mean, after the Mahomes fumble, which was just insane, like truly insane, I was like, I text you then too as if we're, we're not getting the ball back. Yeah. This game is over. You know, they're going to, you know, and they did, and like, step up. The defense stepped up, played huge. Um, Mahomes did enough in the end of that game to get us 
to get us in field goal range. Of course, the penalty helped as well, which, by the way, I'm so tired of hearing about the penalty situation. Like, I get it, but that's a, that's that was a right call. That was so the right call. They've called that 100 times out of 100 all year long. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel bad for the guy, but I also believe that I feel like the guy's taking too much blame for it. Because I do think the Chiefs, you know, they would have been as what it would have been before that play it would have been like a 60 yard, mm-hmm. which he which he can make, but that would have been unlike more less or more unlikely. But I also think we had eight seconds left. We would have gotten 10, seven to 10 more yards. Mm-hmm. So then it becomes a 53 yarder or something like that. And I think he's just as likely to hit that as he is the 45 yarder. So I don't, I don't believe that it made the difference in the game, that penalty. No, no, absolutely not. They had two chances to go in the game. They couldn't do it. That's, that's where the game was won and lost. You can talk about penalties and this and that, and they got some bad calls, but that was not one of them. That was a clear, uh, Roughing uh, or uh, late hit out of bounds, absolutely. Uh, they did get some bad ones, but again, all of it aside, you got the ball with a chance to go win twice, and you you can't even get across the fifty. That's on you. And well, that was it. Like there were some calls. Like I agree, the officiating and like the whole like third and eleven thing, and they replayed the down. Like that was a joke. And yeah. you know, it, thankfully, like they literally punted from the same. Like nothing, nothing changed other than some time that went off the clock. Um, but it still was atrocious officiating. But past that, yeah, like especially that last possession, like I, I would, I gave us like a five percent chance of winning that game. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I'm even going to overtime. Yeah, because yeah. when he has the ball, you're like they're going to drive down, kick a field goal, and this game's over, and we like there's going to be another three point loss to the Bengals. The Chiefs kind of did what they've been doing the last two years dominate but leave a team in the game when it was 13 to 6 at the half i didn't think there was any way the chiefs were going to win because that's what they do it should have been like 27 to 10 or 3 or 6 even like they totally killed them but it's a seven point game like they're they're beat cincinnati didn't take it from them the chiefs gave it get here it's like here here it is they didn't take it so and a lot of it was the Chiefs' defense was great in the game, so that's that's part of it for sure. But again, the Chiefs gave them chances; they didn't take it, so it's it's on them. Uh, solely on Cincinnati. It's not just on the guy who who got the penalty. It's on it's on everybody. That whole offense had their shots and didn't get it done. It's and just that's the bottom line of it. Yeah, exactly. They had their chance, and I mean, I don't want to. I do want to, but I won't gush over my my boy Mahomes. But it's just like this guy is just, you know, what he did in that game. You know, he had a normal stat line, you know, like over 300 yards, two T's, uh, over 100 passer rating on, on one leg and was throwing to guys like you. <laughs> Got, literally, okay. Marcus Camp, they just got off the practice squad. Literally. He just came off of it, and we were without our top three wide receivers, minus Kelsey, of course. Um, you know, MVS stepped up huge, but it's just like he was out there throwing to Pacheco, which everyone, you know, they didn't throw to him a lot. You know, he they just made it work, whereas Burrow had everybody. I know I think Boyd kind of was in and out there at the end, but, um, yeah, I just it was just – in Mahomes' five seasons as a starter, he's had the, he's been the MVP of the league. He's going to be twice. 
attended five AVC, AV, AFC championship games at home, has been to three Super Bowls, has won one so far, and another MVP Super Bowl. It's just, it's just insane. Like, it's just not, you can't compare him even to Brady at this point. And I get long-term, like, bigger picture, yes, Brady, I mean, got, but from the start, like, it's just insane what's happening. He had no, he had no players. They can't run the ball. He's the whole offense. Like, Chiefs fans get mad when they lose and they blame him and it's like, it's they they that's that's all they have. That's their offense. They don't run. They couldn't run in that game. They yeah. really needed to run the ball. They couldn't. They had no receivers. So you just triple Kelsey all of a sudden because you literally are covering nobody out there, and they still win. Hey, the 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 score, the touchdown to make it twenty to thirteen. It's ridiculous because nobody can make that throw. He's the only one that could do that. You know. If that if they don't score there, they lose. You know. Now he did make a, a mistake that I, can't, I couldn't believe he did that. He fumbled that ball, but past that, I mean, he was unbelievable. It was <laughs> wild. Like they were gonna, he was gonna go down and steal that game, and then that happened. It just felt like. It, and that's to my point that I made a little bit earlier. The Chiefs even late in the game, where it looked like this game's over, they're gonna win by two scores. They kept giving them opportunities. And they still couldn't win. So it's all on the Bengals. I mean, it's a ref thing. I bet the Bengals, like, it's all on the Bengals. <laughs> they they blew that game. Chris Jones had a game of his life. And, yeah. like, um, by the way, uh, Dennis, um, doesn't sound like today they uh, Andy said, doesn't think that uh, Nicole – Hartman will play in the Super Bowl. It sounds like he's not going to make it back, but I think uh, both Juju and Tony will be will play. I think everyone else will be playing in the game. They got hurt in that game versus I think Hartman will be the only one likely out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just uh, it's just I think it they had their chance, and uh, you know, Chris Jones game of like if we learned anything, if we've learned anything, it's shut your damn mouth and play the game like those guys it may not have made the difference but it certainly did not help those guys Mahomes said after the game he's like i've never seen our locker room more fired up for a game ever yep you don't want to do that you don't want to make that team more fired up than they already are and you don't want to make any team this when you're playing at home you don't want to go into another team's building and make them mad before you ever start. <laughs> and Chris Jones played like a guy that someone had been shitting on all week, and they yep. were. And he played like that guy, and he disrupted the game from start to finish. He was the MVP of the game. Yep. Without any doubt, that was he was the MVP of the game because they got Burrow out of any kind of rhythm or any kind of, you know, uh, he, he, all night he was looking over his shoulder. Sometimes he would throw balls – and there wouldn't there wouldn't be the pressure and he wouldn't be there, but he's waiting for it. He's looking for it, you know. That was the key. He was, Chris Jones was the MVP of the game. There's no doubt. Uh, real, I mean, we'll we'll give picks obviously next week, but uh, where are you leaning right now, Chiefs Eagles? It's pretty much a pick 'em at this point. 
Yeah, it's been been back and forth. Uh, I have the Chiefs right now. I, I just think they'll find a way to get it done. I, I liked the plus two and a half better than the plus one and a half, but that is, you know, you live with it. That is what it is. Uh, could go back. You'll never know. Uh, we got some time here, but I like the Chiefs. I think they're going to beat them. I, the key to this week is going to be the, the Eagles front. Can they run the ball on the Chiefs? They've had, like, the Chiefs have had trouble stopping the run in the past. It's a different kind of offensive attack. That'll be the key. You know, can they stop the run or not? If the Chiefs stop the run, they're going to win. If not, it's going to be a back-and-forth game. Mahomes going to have to make a lot of plays. Yeah, I've got the Chiefs. Uh, not a big shocker there, uh, but they kind of feel like a team of destiny a little bit this year. And I think it's weird to say as a one seed, but it just feels like they everyone kind of from the beginning of the season doubted them. You know, they weren't going to win the division. They were going to be worse without Hill. They, you know, they weren't going to make the playoffs. You know, everyone's going to, it's a rebuilding year, uh, you know, trying to figure out who they are now. And it's just like, no, you know, it, we're, we're actually back to Super Bowl again. So it kind of feels like even though they are the one seed, everyone's doubted them all year long. And uh, I think if they can slow down the run for the Eagles, that's a big if. Yeah. I think they can put enough pressure on Hurts and make him make some decisions that he doesn't, he, you know, he doesn't want to make. Yep. Cause I don't necessarily, that's not a strong point. Although he is, a, he is showing that he's a very good passer, but if they can get him out of sync. Cause that defense is the chief defense is playing very well. Yep. They had three rookies back there playing in, in the, uh, in the, in the uh, secondary that game. And they played well. They played really well. So if yeah, they can they were continue. they were around those receivers even when he had time to throw. Those guys made some great plays, uh receiver wise back there. But yeah, they they played really, really well. And if they if they can kind of do that again, they're gonna win. But different challenge. We'll see. All right, yeah. We'll have, we'll talk more about the Super Bowl and obviously dudes about uh daily dudes about sports, the podcast uh with Halterman and Papa Dude. They'll talk obviously more, a lot more about the Super Bowl and prop bets and all that good stuff next week as we get closer to the Super Bowl. But it's time for us to get out of here because the Magic Mike show is gearing up. Final thoughts? Anything about this weekend you want to talk about? Or are you good? Good to go. Yeah, everybody have a good weekend. Hopefully you guys enjoy the preps. Got another great card at Gulfstream, so hopefully we can uh, do a little bit better uh, this weekend my dog over here you hear that i do i didn't know <laughs> no i don't have one i don't have a little one but i have my little dog so she over here can't breathe anyways uh good luck everybody this weekend at goldstream park i'm jared welch he's aaron halterman remember stay tuned for the magic mike show good luck this weekend racingdudes.com for all of your needs racingdudes.com for all of your leads racingdudes.com for all of your bets racingdudes.com as good as it gets racingdudes.com for all of your needs racingdudes.com for all of your leads racingdudes.com for all of your bets racingdudes.com as good as it gets <laughs> this has been a presentation of racingdudes.com your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes 